0: Happening, coming up You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Welcome back to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard, And I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. And coming up next, we have a fantastic guest, uh, Mr. Lester Spate, former NFL player turned actor and entrepreneur. He is as determined and hardworking on the screen as he was as a linebacker on the field. Lester has appeared in such things as My Wife and Kids, guest starring as well on Prison Break, Bones, and Cold Case. And on the silver screen appeared in hit films such as Transformers, Dark of the Moon, Norber, and... And Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. He is also well known for his portrayal of Terry Tate, office linebacker, in a series of Reebok commercials. Lester Spate, big man, welcome to the show. Wow, man, that's a lot of pressure you
1: just put on me. <laughs> uh, you can handle it, though. I'm confident in that. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you.
1: How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing. Good. We're doing great. Yeah, not as good as you, but we're doing all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> So listen. Well, first
2: of all, let me just say thanks for having me on the show. Um, it's raining here in LA, but uh, okay. you know um, we, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it happen. Even though they say it never rains in, in Southern California, well, it's raining today.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I actually lived there for two years, and uh, you know, saw enough rain to where that never raining uh, Southern Cal or never rain it didn't it didn't tie well. So, <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. It's great to have you, uh, Lesser. Finding your frequency. Uh, is entering Hollywood today. Uh, we just uh, got off with Summer Helene, uh, one of the
0: youngest executives uh, in history uh, with the— Yeah, with in ho- Hollywood, Hollywood, the guys. youngest youngest studio executive. She was also the one go. of the youngest uh, studio heads uh, before she was an executive. So uh, that was a great uh, uh, interview there. Yeah,
1: so we want to talk to you and kind of found find out how uh, uh, Mr. Lester Spate found his frequency.
2: Well you are uh, you talking about in terms of uh, getting getting to Hollywood and like once kinda like once you get here really jump starting your career. Yeah, um, you know
1: what give us your path uh starting from when you were a young man and how it how it took place and how you ended up in Hollywood.
2: Well, I tell people all the time it's not like, you know, you're going out and trying to become a UPS driver <laughs> and you on an application. <laughs> Um, when you get involved with the arts, whether it's painting, music, uh, making movies, television show, anything that deals with creating a craftsmanship, even to, even sports, you have to do it in the beginning where you're not getting paid. You know, no yep. one paid Michael Jordan to be in his driveway when he was, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, dribbling off his foot, you know, and 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 and, and making all the mistakes that you make. No different than Dr. Dre and, and, and DJs, and when you when you're doing, you know, if you make flowers for a living, like my mother did, she started out making a lot of mistakes and doing them in the confines of her home in her living room. So that's what you have to do before you, you know, when you, before you journey out to do it as a profession, you got to do it as a hobby. Right, so everything starts right. out as a hobby, and then and and, and then um, you hone you your craft. Whether it's singing in the bathroom, singing in the choir, Um, you you hear a lot of R&B singers, a lot of country singers as well. They start off singing around the house and then singing in church. And once people give you the thumbs up at home, then you spread abroad and you share that gift with the world, whether it's sports, uh, music, uh, paintings, or whatever. So Picasso made a lot of crappy (laughs) paintings pictures before... He was would have get at the Mona Lisa.
1: Exactly. If I'm
2: quoting it. Yeah, so. And just like you guys, you know, you guys have spent um You guys got a great radio show. And you know what it's like to, to uh, pay your dues. So I started paying my dues in sports. My mother, you know, be, be, but before I started out in sports, my mom had me singing in the choir, singing with my sister, who's we had a gospel duet called the State Specials.
0: Nice. And we going
2: yep. around Baltimore and Delaware, Virginia, you know, on the East Coast, singing. Um, my mother was a self-taught piano player, so before there was any sports, um, I was doing plays, little church plays, and singing, and all those kind of things. So, um, and then my uh, uh, my HD my uh, uh, hyperactivism kicked in when I was like six, seven, eight years old, and I had the itch in my pants, and that's when I really wanted to start playing little league baseball. Mm-hmm. And playing football in the streets, growing up in Baltimore City, Sam Lock football, and then you know my my the older uh, my uncles and aunts and older people they saw that I had a little talent to play sports, and then that's where I begged my mother to let me play little league baseball um, in the early 70s, and um, my aunt talked her into it, and, and both of us together we talked, her, you know we talked her into it because my mother was a nurse and she was always scared. I was gonna break of bones, course, but right. I was yeah, the one get doing the bone breaking. Yeah, you
1: know? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I was the Love bone breaking. Right.
2: But you know how moms are, so I didn't really have that soccer mom. I had the oh my god, you know, yeah, you yeah, you know yeah. that kind of mom. Don't uh, hurt
0: my baby. Don't
2: <laughs> hurt my baby. That's my baby. And then she realized, I'm the one getting up off the pile. All right. <laughs> you know. That's yeah, right. Um, Lester? But no, my mother, she would start praying for those kids, you know, yeah. and, and, and start crying for those kids. But, yeah, so, you know, I had a humble beginning growing up in the inner city of Baltimore, and then we moved out to the suburbs, and that pretty much saved my life because I started getting into trouble around age t- 11, 12. I started getting uh, mischievous. And um, it was so thank God for the – The suburban life, and and, um, when she started to threaten to take sports away from me, that made me straighten up in school, and um, and it made me, you know, obey and and be respectful and grow up, you know, uh, because I I didn't, you know, all you had to do was say I couldn't go outside, and I would, you know, like kids today don't want to go outside, but
1: right, right
2: that was punishment of staying inside well yeah. that was <laughs> well, that, 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 that 11
1: 12 year old uh, range is such a critical moment um because you know that's where you know the the good and bad decisions start to get to get made so uh, it was good that you went to the suburbia lifestyle um and you know you have an, uh, a great uh, a story. I mean, a lot of sports when you're a kid. You know, I'm I'm hearing mm-hmm. I'm hearing myself here because yeah. what you're saying is exactly how I grew up. Um, and when I was a young man, 16, 17 years old, I was training to be a WWE wrestler. Now, I understand you may have some of that in your background. <laughs> Some would say I do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, until I crashed a motorcycle, you know, that was going to be my career.
2: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I was uh, training with Killer Kowalski in, in Boston, and you know, I didn't get the. I didn't get more than maybe four uh, four training sessions in, I crashed a motorcycle. Internal damage. Couldn't take the hits anymore, the falls. So yeah, uh, I, here I am in media now.
2: <laughs> well, if you want to hear something that's, that's really ironic, is my brother from another mother. His name is Dave Coleman. He trained at Killer Kowalski. He used uh-huh. to take the, the the train from from Baltimore to Boston in the early early the mid the mid eighties. and he trained at Killer Kowalski. And I don't know if you. You might be familiar with his with his name is uh, one of his monikers was the surgeon, and I don't know if that Sweet. rings a bell with you. But this is the mid eighties to late eighties, and he was the first one to teach me how to lock up oh, um, yeah. in nineteen eighty eight, and uh, and he trained Hector Kowalski.
0: Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Amazing stories that you guys have. Yeah. Kind of had that that parallel yeah. in common, like right, exactly. with some of that stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, you know, Lester, we got a couple more minutes left in this segment, and then we'll take a break and come back and talk a little bit more. But, you know, one question I kind of had in my mind as we talk about, you know, finding your frequency in Hollywood was, you know, what was that transition like for you to go from, you know, being an athlete and then moving into the Hollywood scene?
2: Okay, I like the way you, you put that question because most times people say, what is, what is it like to, to make the transition from sports to entertainment? But I was I, I always tell people I started out in entertainment and then I got into sports and then you know there's only a, you know there's a small window when you're between 21 and 25 years mm-hmm. old to try to make it in professional football and then after I cried and you know and <laughs> teared up and and I you know I realized I think I was 26. 25, 26—the last time I played my my last football game—and I realized that you know I had to move on. It was one of the hardest, most painful things I ever had to do. Um, after the, I think I signed with the Giants in like '86, and then um, I didn't pass the physical because uh, about eight months prior to me signing with the Giants, during the strike season, I got my my left knee orthoscopic. Um, surgery was done to it yeah,
1: so shopping.
2: when it came time for the physical I had too much play in my left knee and um, the trainer that's still there with the New York Giants he's a brother I can't think of his name but I'm telling you right now I was about ready to F him up <laughs> <laughs>
0: Terry Tatum? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to Terry Tatum. <laughs> before, before I even knew it was a Terry Tatum, I
1: was about to
2: Terry Tatum.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, I yeah, bet, that's where it, it all kind of he began. Did. He's
0: going to bring the pain. <laughs> <Yeah,
1: yeah. laughs> Listen, we got to go
0: to commercial break now, okay. but when we come back out, we'll pick right up where we left off. Guys, go take a look okay. at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash voice Radio. You can follow Jeff and I on Twitter at Jeff Spinney2 at Radio Ryan1 and then of course, send over any of your questions by email finding your frequency at voice america.com we'll be right back right after these messages stay tuned